What's up, guys? Welcome into the Corner 3 podcast, here to talk all things Dallas Mavericks on and off the court. I'm Austin Ivan with Bobby Crello. Bobby, what's up? Austin, it's good to be here. Uh, form on the court has been a little weird lately, and so to try and change up the vibes, hey, we're doing our part. Yeah. You're in the host chair this time. I'm in your chair this time. I got your Stanley Cup with me, and uh, also a LaCroix. Totally different change of scenery. Hoping to hoping to get things back on track on the floor. Just oh, cool. some musical chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're, we're gonna see how it goes. This is fun. And then we have Isaac Harris over here. Isaac, um, I want to know how the earthquakes did this week. Ooh. Um, a little bit better. Uh, we got to work on rebounding, um, and mm, defense, relatable. but yeah. a little less chaotic for my son's, you know, little YMCA team. Five-year-olds um, had the first little experience of, like, trying to tell a kid not to shoot it every time. Um, but dad, the other dad, was saying, shoot it. Mm. So I'm like, ooh, ooh, what do you do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Coach saying, uh, don't shoot it. Dad saying, shoot it. Kids kind of confused, looking both sides of the court. I didn't know what to do either because it's YMCA. and uh, You got to fight dad. Yeah, you confront him. I'm like, listen, I'm not playing. I'm just watching, you know, play play basketball here. So uh, I'm not getting paid to do this at YMCA. So uh, you don't get paid at all? No. Wow. No. He just loves basketball. Yeah. Loves I'm, the younger generation. Got to invest into the next generation, you know? Yeah. It's important. You they could be future off. Mavericks. I was like, am I really going to have to kick out a fan? Like, you're a dad. I don't want. Like stay, stay in this. <laughs> Come on. So did y'all win though? Uh, we don't keep score at five years okay. old. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there? There's not even a scoreboard like with points. No, it's just a oh. scoreboard with like time and a buzzer that okay. goes off. So, but it was it was fun, and it was we're we're making progress, making progress. We'll they lost like twenty five to two. Yeah. They I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we did, we scored like five five buckets this time. Okay. So, first game, two. My, nice. my dad was like the crazy, not like to other parents, but like he, I, he probably has every stat from every game I've ever played since I was four years old. Like wow. in a file folder with like everything written down, like rebounds, assists, the whole breakdown. Wow. Like the team name, like rosters, everything. So That's worth something. Did you sign it? No, there is. No, it's not worth anything. But yeah. It's worth something to him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He cared a lot about me. What's your career high? What's like the most you ever scored um, at any level? 38. Dang. Let's go. In college? Dang. No. <laughs> not, not, no. Was there a lot of threes? Or were, you, were you just breaking them down and getting to the rim? I was eight for 10 from three. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Overseas? Overseas. <laughs> yeah. No, I honestly, like, I didn't even realize I was making them. And looking back now, I'm like, I should have shot it a little bit more because I yeah. really wasn't missing much, but it's okay. So close to 40, but th mm. 38 still. Unselfish. You know? Yeah, exactly. Putting your ego aside. I was more worried about that we won. Mm. It was a big conference game, so. Yeah, so yeah. you were Embiid, not Towns. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that later. Towns <laughs> Mavs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the Mavs have lost three straight games, so we're switching things up. Maybe they'll switch things up. They lost to the Lakers. They lost to the Celtics, and then – the Suns, and I, I told y'all I was going to be there for that game, and I wasn't. You lied. I know. You did. And look what happened. I know. 
but I need y'all to catch me up a little bit. Sometimes, like when I when I was playing, some coaches would be like, okay, we're going to go back and watch the film and we're going to break down everything, what we did wrong, what we need to fix. Sometimes they were like, we're not talking about this game anymore. We're throwing it out the window and it's erased from our memory. How are you guys approaching that last loss? Is that something that, which way are you going with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm good if this, you know, is a race from my memory. Um, that would be good. It, it's such a weird, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a game flip as much as it did. You know, Mavs were up, up by one, right, at halftime. And, you know, it was still a little sloppy of a game. Tensions were there. Text, we all watched it. Luca's going off the floor. He gets a tech at halftime. But the Mavs are still up by one. No Kyrie in this game, obviously. And uh, you're like, all right, like, we're hanging in there, hitting some shots. And then everything, like, the third quarter, I, yeah, erase it. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, it was one of the worst quarters of basketball um, that we've ever watched as a Mavs, as a Mavs fan. Um, you know, you get outscored 43-20 to 20 in that quarter. Uh, Devin Booker literally got whatever he wanted. Um, you know, he had, what, 22 in that quarter. So, um I was just, you know, Bobby and I were sitting next to each other, and Bobby just kept on listing off their field goal percentage. Just kept going, kept getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was like, guys, this is uh, it's getting tough. It was a it was a tough second half. They started eighteen of twenty from the field in the third quarter, which is you literally can't get much better than that. Yeah. Um, I remember during the I think this was the twenty sixteen seventeen season, Rick after a particularly tough loss to the Sacramento Kings at the time um, were not, they weren't a playoff contender. Kings came into the building and beat the Mavs down by like 30. And uh, one of the players told me a couple days later that before their next game, which I believe the Mavs won, Rick literally took the box score from that game and lit it on fire <laughs> in the locker room, just in the middle of the locker room, lit the box score on fire and burned it. It was, you know, it's obviously it's a, it's a metaphor. Now, I don't think that – I disagree with you, Isaac. I don't think that they can burn the footage. Like, I think that there's a lot of takeaways. No, I was talking game. about from my memory. Oh, okay. I don't, okay. don't want to think about this anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I want to forget it, but I hope the players – I hope it's seared into their uh, – like a sunburn or something. I don't know. Some sort of, like, you got to – you you can't let that happen. You know, in and in a lot of these games recently, which we'll talk about a little bit, but like – in the third quarter in particular, teams are just really, really getting hot. Uh, having just the Pelicans started 13 to 14 from the field in the third quarter, one of those games. The Suns 18 for 20. Um, the Lakers were like six of six from three in, in the third quarter whenever the Mavs lost to them. And it's like you just can't continually let that happen. You've got to, you can't let your offense affect your defense. You can't let your defense affect your offense. Like you have to, you have to have something to stand on to be able to stem the tide a little bit, and you can't rely on timeouts because Jake had called three of them, Isaac, and uh, the run did not stop. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you you have to – you can't let that happen, and it's been happening too much lately. The sunburn. <laughs> the, the duck, duck. We have a duck. back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the, that, the duck said, like, I agree. It quacked in, uh, in green. I was going to say this. This is one of the cra craziest stats that I've ever seen in a quarter. You know, there's always, you know, you look at a box score or some, whatever you're looking at for box score stuff. Sometimes there's a biggest lead um, box on there of like who's had, who had the biggest or what was their biggest lead in the game. In the third quarter alone, the Mavericks' biggest lead in, in that quarter was one. The Suns' biggest lead was 28 points. That's not good. It's like, I don't know if I've not ever good. seen such a difference of 
one that it that both teams led in the quarter and one team led by 28. Yeah. That, that is that biggest swing and yeah, that's, that, that was little insane. of a time. Um but like sometimes sneakers happen, yeah, right? Like exactly. I'm, you know, you scored 38 in a win, I'm sure maybe the next game you lost by 40, but like how do you isolate it? Like how do you how do you keep one bad loss from like bleeding over into two or three in a row? Yeah, you don't want it to like domino effect. So that's like the really big struggle is like learning from it, erasing it from your mind, clean slate, starting over. So, yeah, it's a good it's a it's a balance between the two trying to figure that out and not keep thinking about it and like harping on it and like letting it get to you um versus just moving on now and getting past it. Um so, yeah, there was some uncharacteristic turnovers in that game. There was little things that, you know, got to people and piled up. Now moving forward, what is something the defense wasn't great, hasn't been great the past few games. What is something, Bobby, that you want to see change or improve now um, getting past the Suns game? So a uh, quick plug. This is this Friday that we're recording this. Yesterday I went on a show with Kirk Henderson from Avs Moneyball and talked a lot about X's and O's on the defensive side of the ball. And one of the big things is that the one of the big things about the Mavs this season that is very perplexing is that they are actually really good at some stuff on defense. Like they're the number one team at switching uh, points per possession allowed whenever they switch. They're the number six team um, points per chance whenever they ice screens. However, they're 29th in drop coverage against pick and roll, and they're also 28th in transition defense. So like. I think the big thing that needs to change for them is they have to get back on defense. You have to set up your structure. You know, you, everyone has to get in position because when they're in position to do the things that they want to do, they've been pretty good, like above average to really good at these isolated things. However, they're giving up way too many points in transition. Um, they're getting into situations where like they miss a shot maybe it's not a run out dunk or whatever, but like they're not guard guys aren't guarding the right guys. You know, like Luca ends up on Jalen Brown somehow and like, how, how did this happen? Well, it's because we didn't get back quick enough or whatever. Like you have to focus on the things you're good at and try and limit the exposure to the things that you're not very good at. Another one is defensive rebounding. They're down to 28th in defensive rebound percentage earlier this year. They were close to league average borderline top 10. Um, they, lack positional size and they're not going to magically just you know spit out a six foot 11 guy to go out there and gobble up a bunch of boards next to Derek Lively so everybody else has to step up and try and get those boards too so it, I would say my big thing that needs to change is that they got to get better at a lot of the little things box out a little extra get back a little faster just like do the the devil is in the details you know but those are easier fix than like a big problem so I think so but <laughs> only if you're mentally and emotionally like how many times we heard j kid or even rick say and lucas said this too like if they're missing shots sometimes they're in their feelings and they're not playing defense like yeah. you know you have to it's all up here you know mental yeah 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 i would say a lot of a lot of the stuff that bobby said you know effort comes into that um you know obviously we could talk about defense a ton uh, we could throw health out there but i mean a lot of teams could play the health card right now um, you know, I think that's one of the number one things, um, you know, even yes, you know, yesterday or past few days seeing, uh, getting on X or social media and it's like, Oh, if we just get healthy, just get healthy. And it's like, man, like it feels like teams are, you know, you're, you're just going to have some guys out and you got to figure, figure that out. And for me, I'll, I'll go instead of something big, I'll go to a single player and say, we got to get Grant Williams back on track. And, 
you know, this is going to sound like I'm really trying to like dump on Grant, but just let me counter it just for a second. When you look at his past 15 games, he's shooting 38% from three. I mean, 38% from the field, not good. 26% from three, not good, especially for his standards. Uh, you look for the season, he's shooting his lowest field goal percentage um, for right at, since his rookie season, lowest three-point percentage since his rookie season. You look at his plus-minus right now in the past 15 games, um, it's the lowest on the team at a, a minus five, basically a minus six. And that, per exactly. game, not total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know, you look at – uh, points for every game. He's only, you know, he's only scoring the past 15 games, five points a game. Grant was one of the guys that they signed this offseason to come in and be one of their high minute, like our wing guys, like the three and D guy. And that was, I mean, before the season, I'm like, this dude's going to be in the three point contest. That was like one of my you know weird predictions for it. <laughs> and he started off shooting the ball really well, but bam, now, you know, past 15 games shooting 26% from three. When Jason Kidd post game the other night after the Suns game, he's talking about the roster. He's talking about you know the team. He's like, guys, we're like some of the guys we signed to a minimum contract, which Grant's not one of them, but some of these guys like a Dante Exum or a Derek Jones Jr. He's like, man, we're playing them to the max that we you know we're playing them, and it's just a testament to when you go out and sign a guy like Grant Williams who has a pedigree to be able to shoot like he can and defend on the you know perimeter and stuff. They got to get him back on track. He's he's been in a funk. He's been in a funk for a while, but they just got to get him back on track. And I think that will help when you get somebody like that on, back on track. It'll help lower the expectations on some of the other guys on the roster and give them a little bit more breathing room. To where if Derek Jones Jr. has an off night or has a little slump, it's not the end of the world. To where we're looking at me like, dude, man, Derek Jones has been you know struggling a little bit over the past you know few weeks. It shouldn't on paper. It shouldn't mean that much to our team. If Derek Jones, and it's not a shot to him, but it's like you bring Jer- Derek Jones on a smaller contract this offseason, and now he's playing a lot of minutes, playing a big role on the team. To where, so I think getting Grant Williams back on track would be big for this team. Yeah. A lot of these players individually or as a team for the Mavericks could make excuses with the injuries or the adversity things that they've been dealt with going on. But <laughs> did you get it? Yes. Did you really? I did. It's right there. That's it's a sign. Mavs by 40. <laughs> They're turning around right now. You know how long we've been trying to kill that fruit fly? Oh, my. I, it, you know how big it is? <laughs> like That's the only fruit fly in here, too. Yeah. I'm just glad my Stanley Cup's okay because I was a little nervous. You're going to, like, knock it off. Oh, I was We waiting. don't want any scratches or anything yeah. on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's still mint condition. Okay, uh, perfect. Folks at EA. Can, can I? In, <laughs> <laughs> since we're talking about, like, hey, state of the Mavs. And everything just made me think, I, I which I get it. It's it's social media. We're all we all get in our feels and passionate. I'm right there with a lot of fans. And I you know I tweeted out yesterday. I said, Hey, what's your number on the Mavs like panic meter? And I was like, Where are you at? One to ten. Like one, I'm not worried at all. It's whatever. Ten, I put Oppenheimer as the ten. <laughs> if you're ten, but Jeez. and I broke them broke them down into categories: one to three, four to six. <laughs> Seven to nine, and then ten, and so seventeen hundred votes. What do you think's the highest? Where do you think the fan the fan panic meter on X is right now? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Almost fifty percent of the votes was in one category. One to three, four to six, seven to nine, and ten. There's no way it's ten, right? Ten is like panic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'll say the one below it. 
Seven to nine. Yeah. yeah. Almost fifty percent of people in the seven to nine panic meter. Wow. How many so, people said ten? Uh it was third it was the third highest. Okay. Yeah. So can I throw it back at y'all and say like should or like are you where's like the concerned meter right now? Is it can we look at it and say, hey man, like we've had injuries, we can't we've talked about you know lineup combinations together and how you know, not like seeing a Kyrie Luca, Derek Lively, and like, man, they haven't got to play it together a lot. Or is there, are you looking at it and saying, man, I, I think there are some very valid concerns of like some worry right now? Um, I wouldn't be in the seven to nine. I would be in the one probably below it, yeah. the four to six or whatever that was. Yeah, I would say that there are some issues. There are some things that need to be worked on or fixed or try to figure out. Um, and you don't want to make excuses and you should still win some games that you've lost, but you've won some games maybe you shouldn't win. So they've shown the potential. They've, you've seen the bright spots. You know what this group can do. Um, a lot of teams are kind of going through the ups and downs of the season right now. So it's, it's not just the Mavericks. And so I think when you look at the bigger picture and the entire NBA, um, the Mavericks are kind of right in the middle with everyone that's going through those challenges. Yeah. They definitely wanted to not be in the middle with everyone, though. That's yeah. the thing, right? Like, because that's how you separate yourself. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, so I would say, I mean, I'm I'm like decently concerned. You know, I think the and this is like an excuse that leads to a problem. So just please don't jump down my throat here. But like, they don't <laughs> they don't really know what they have because they've never really had it. Right, they've never mm. had their full complement of guys. They've never had a game where everyone is healthy since opening night. You know, um, now that's not an excuse. Uh, the problem that spins out of it is okay. If you know, if you're healthy, then you know what how you stack up against these really good teams. Um, but when one guy is out, or when two guys are out, the whole thing just completely goes off the rails. Like that's yeah. not good. You know, that means that you don't have the depth needed to overcome these problems. Now, I'm also not minimizing how catastrophic it is to play without like an all NBA caliber player like Luca or Kyrie who have basically taken turns missing games for like two months now, uh, almost. But, um, you know, when those two guys are playing, but lively isn't, or when those three guys are playing, but Dante Exum isn't, or whenever Derek Jones jr. Is in a shooting slump, like he's been, or Grant Williams in a shooting slump, like he's been like, that can't be the single thing that turns, you know, wins into 20 point losses. You know, you have to, you have to be able to have some some off-speed pitches whenever your fastball is not working, and you know they haven't been able to find that. So, and you know, and you're, and you're not running out of time because the season's only about halfway over. But uh, what you don't want to do is wake up on like March 25th and be like, oh God, if we don't win five straight, then we're like going to be the nine or the ten seed. Yeah. You know? So you you need to try and figure out who you are and what you got uh, very soon because the trade deadline is in two weeks and the playoffs are like only a few weeks after that. So it's we're kind of getting it's it gets late early in the NBA. And, and Jason Kidd the other night, I think that's what they got to figure out. I think that's the Suns' second half worried me in the sense of I think it bled into effort. And Jason Kidd kind of alluded, he's like, "Hey, we're it's at the end of January. We're getting to the like the fatigue part. I think you know you start seeing teams, especially over the next few weeks. You have the trade deadline, but you also have the All Star weekend break. People start looking forward to uh, that weekend on." I am. And some islands and stuff. <laughs> what island are you going to? Uh, Bullock Island? Yeah, no, I'll be... <laughs> Bachelor like in Paradise Burger Island. Burger Island, maybe? I'm, I'm Burger. Gonna, yeah. 
like Louisville? Uh, no, there's a literally a place called Burger Island. Where? No, it's like a restaurant. Oh. Oh, okay. Y'all need to Where get to, is you it need at? to get out to Richardson more often. Oh, Richardson. Oh, come oh, on. Yeah. That's like the hot spot for restaurants. Yeah, well, there's a lot of good burger spots in Richardson. Shut up and keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Austin? <laughs> yeah, I probably won't be visiting Burger Island, but <laughs> let me know how it is. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, we've we've talked Mavs and Suns. We can eliminate that from our minds now. The Suns have now won seven straight games, but there are some teams around the league that are also going through a, a rough patch, like the Mavericks are going through, um, dealing with some frustration. So I just thought, you know, I love I love the gossip, the tea. So I just thought we could just catch up on what's going on around the NBA, around the league. Um, Isaac, any anything that's just like stood out to you of like just anything that's been going on that you thought was interesting or want to chat about? What not to talk <laughs> I about? Know. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's messy right now. If we're talking <laughs> about panic meter, I mean, I'd yeah. like to know what some of the or where the drama meter. I, honestly, it's I, I was thinking last night as I was prepping for some of this, and I was like, what team has the best vibes right now? Because <laughs> what made me think of it more was I was watching some of the Knicks game, and the Knicks got some vibes right now. Like OG, the OG trade's working really well for them. Brunson, um, I'll say it right now, Brunson should have started over Damian Lillard in mm. the All Star game. Um, Got to get the votes, man. I know New York. Where were you at? Like, come through. What's going on? Um, so I was kind of bummed for JB in that. But um, shout out to Luca. Yep. Being named All Star starter again. Four years out of six years, like yeah, and five games, right? Five, five all-star, all-star, yeah, five yeah, all-star, all-star, but yeah. not bad, not bad. Four all-star starters in your first, like, in your first six years, like what? That's insane. Shout out Slovenia, shout out Spain, shout out America, shout out Mavs fans all around the world. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yes, but like even like media and players and stuff too, putting them at, like, at the top, like they're. That's why I always get fascinated with voting of see how players feel about players and see you know media the differences between media and players and some of the votes but i saw i saw something random i don't know if it's real but that Derek lively got like 12 votes or something i don't know if that was legit. he could have seth curry got three steven adams got seven he hasn't played a game all year okay <laughs> yeah some of that stuff is yeah but anyway sorry that got sidetracked on that yeah drama we yeah, want drama drama. <laughs> drama um i mean the Chris Finch, like Timberwolf stuff, the, the other night we have like MB goes for 70, Towns goes for 62. And just to see it, like, and, and let's just take Towns out of the equation, to see like a coach be so like frustrated after the game of like, hey, we didn't play the game the right way. Like, yeah. we still lost. And it's like, cool, we we're going for records. Um, I thought that was like kind of like so absurd, dude. Yeah, to say it out loud, which was, which he kind of backtracked. He didn't really backtrack a ton, but. It was like the following days, like, hey, I should have um, recognized the greatness of going, you know, scoring 62, but I was just frustrated and stuff and that. But, um, uh, yeah, so the Towns Embiid stuff, we were, I think we were talking last night or about the Patrick Beverly. Did he, like, he stole our idea. So here's a quick explainer. Um, Pat Bev has a show. You know, he's, a, he's new media. Yeah. And apparently – Allegations are that there was a, a plant in the post-game press conference against the Magic asking questions to try and draw the Magic off sides, and it worked. Now, 
I just want to say, Austin, we've been planning to do that with you for weeks. Oh, no. To get in and get us some good audio. So, unfortunately, now everyone's going to be on guard. Yeah. Thanks to Pat Bev. Yeah. yeah. You have a, you have a, a, allegedly, a player allegedly sabotaging, allegedly a press conference. Allegedly. Yeah. That is super messy. That's like the tweet that's like, think of the messiest person you know. It's a man, isn't it? Like, that's super messy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Big jerk. Um, <laughs> Can I talk about my messes? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the duck disagrees. <laughs> uh, right on cue. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is just awesome. <laughs> I hope it pops up on the mic. Otherwise, yeah, and people are like, "Why are they just super, randomly laughing?" Super weird if y'all can't hear that. Yeah. The yeah. duck sound. What about CNN Sports coming in, dude? From the top rope, breaking news. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah, the whole. We had a coaching change mid-season of a team that has one. Yeah, I, I saw that. You got some offspring? Yeah. Wow. Um, you also have like a mating ground of fruit flies in <laughs> here. Um, CNN Sports breaks news of like Doc Rivers going to be the you know coach of the the Bucks and the Bucks firing their coach after having one of the best records in the league right now mid-season. That's wild in it in itself and – all the reporting and stuff around that. I just, I love all that stuff. Yeah. And like Shams and Woj were quick to come out and say like, no, it's not fine. It's not. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. And then like two hours later, they're like, yep, it's, it happened. Breaking <laughs> news. And it's like, come on, man. Um, while we're on the topic of frustration, right. And post-game press conference action. Of course, one of the things that JK talked about was, um, you know, the Mavs have got to be better with the officials. And that's not just Luca. That's also, you know, other players throughout the roster. Um, there were, numerous texts given out in that game against the Suns. Grant Williams got two. Derek Jones even got one. Um, so, you know, the idea of not letting uh, whether the whistle's going your way or not affect the way that you play. But there's been some very dramatic uh, official-related post-game pressers. It's the one that I thought I killed earlier. Um, <laughs> so Raptors head coach going on epic rant. How about Mike Brown with the Kings going on like a, a technology assisted rant like we got we, it's it's not just the maps <laughs> which is not like copium you know but like it's it's becoming a thing man there's a lot of people taking fines right now it is uh it's a it's a pretty messy situation what We've about got, lebron going to the replay monitor early in the pointing season? at it yeah pointing yeah. it out i mean it's you know i i think uh of course the nba loves drama you know, we love drama. It's a it's a petty league and all that stuff, but uh, it really does seem to be boiling over in a lot of places. So, you know, that's neither good nor bad, but it is just it's really messy. Yeah. So I love the drama, and maybe we'll have more this week with it be being rivalry week now. Mm. Um. So maybe we'll get some more drama that we can talk about next show. But the Mavericks have that starting tonight against the Hawks in Atlanta. Is that something you look at a, a team uh, that's a rival for the Mavs? Would no. you say no? No, <laughs> no. I get so frustrated about this. I want rivalries like to be a thing in the league. All right. I love when teams hate teams. Sorry. All right. Where's where's the camera? The Mavs and Hawks are not a rivalry. All right. Like they never there haven't been a rivalry just because you make a trade on in 2018 and you swap out two like two good players. 
doesn't make it a rivalry, right? Like, I don't understand why this has been, like, I mean, what were you doing in 2018? Like, this was forever ago. And so I'm, yeah. I just like La La Land, like Austin wasn't even going to La La Land in 2018. Oh, wow. no, I so was. Okay, she was. <laughs> but still, you get the point. I just I don't understand why this is part of Rivalry Week. Whenever you have a, like six or seven other options that you could put on this week. Like this was, Trey versus Luca was a conversation for about two seconds yeah. for five people online that hadn't touched grass in two years. And then it hasn't been anything. And I just don't, I don't understand how this is part of why, like, there's no bad blood there. There's no yeah. history there. There's no, I, I just don't get it. They're not even in the same conference. They've never played in the playoffs. No. Like, in a, a lot of the times when they've faced off, like, one of them hasn't even played. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, but it's because on draft night, people keep saying they're forever linked because of this cool. trade. And then you just keep saying, and it's like, sure, I mean, I guess, like, if they're forever linked, if you just keep saying they're forever linked, then I guess they'll be forever <laughs> hey, linked. Hey, us and the Nets, right? Like Devin Harris and yeah, forever linked, forever linked, guys. You know, like, uh, well, the Mavs and the Wizards—they made a trade: Devin Harris for uh, Antoine Jameson. Yep, forever linked. Yeah, Wizards Mavs rivalry next next year. Put that in this week. Well, then who are the rivals? We've kind of talked about it in the past, but you get two games during rivalry week. We <laughs> I can't say that word. No, I can't either. That's why rivalry I'm to, week. I'm trying to leave it alone. Yeah, I'm glad you're hosting. <laughs> Just for reference this one. it, but like, don't. Yeah. We had Suns on Wednesday, and that one delivered. Okay. Yeah. Mavs and Suns unequivocal. They are rivals for sure. Who's your other like rival? Who Who are you trying to see during this week? Yeah, I mean the Suns are at the top. That's the like the top rival right now. Uh, I mean, I feel like you have to like the Clippers are still there as a rival for the Mavs. Um, I like I still like to play into the history part of it, and I know the Spurs haven't been good for you know a, a little bit, but it's like there's so much history there with the Spurs to where if they made Spurs Mavs a part of this week every year, like I would get it, and it's like and hopefully as the Spurs get a little bit better, they add more pieces around Wimby that we start to have some like good classic matchups and stuff. And it's like Luca Wimby and get this rivalry back going again. Uh, or as far as like two teams being, you know, good at the same time. So for me, it's the Suns. I would add some history part of it to the Spurs. Cause then when that matchup happens, all the pregame stuff, pregame production, all this stuff, you could play into the rivalry, play into the playoff series, Dirk, Duncan, all the stuff. And it's like, kind of like feel that nostalgia a little bit, especially for maybe some Mavs fans. They're not, you know, just recent Mavs fans. So those would be the two for me. I think there's some other options, but those two for sure. How about the Knicks? Jalen, Luca, Kyrie saying, I love beating the Knicks. Julius Randle, like practically co-owning American Airlines Center because every time he comes in here, he drops like 50. I would like to see Mavs-Knicks rivalry week. I guess KP's not here anymore. Uh, but Tim, I mean, Tim was part of that trade. I think he, correct me if I'm wrong, is the only former Nick on the Mavs right now. Who? I guess. Yeah. Or no, I can't remember. But, uh, I mean, they were they were trading players back and forth, like, once a week for, like, six years. And, uh, you know, Luka and Jalen. Kyrie versus New York. Like, I think, I think that would be a great rivalry. Yeah. Their I games mean, are always really entertaining, too, you know? Super entertaining. I mean, I, I wouldn't say, like, is there a lot of like hate? Like, I, I, for me, I would put Miami over New York. I, well, I don't think anybody on the Mavs hates the Heat at all. I mean, are you talking among, among fan bases? Because yeah, like I got bases. plenty of venom coming at me from New York for about three years okay, whenever yeah. KP was on the team. 
I think the history part with Miami and just all that stuff, I think Miami would still be up there for me. Um, yeah, the Knicks. I don't really put the Rockets in there. I don't know. Sorry. But mm. they could be, I guess, just for Texas stuff. But They only played in the playoffs a couple times, whereas the Mavs and the Spurs played like six times in 15 years or something. Yeah. So like, it felt like every year they were going at it. Yeah. So would you have... And Dirk and Duncan and, you know, the whole thing. So Suns and Clippers are probably more recent. You would you you put the Knicks on the same level as that? Well, I think both teams are pretty good. I think uh, you know Jalen obviously, and I don't know. Right. I I wouldn't mind it. Also, it's it would be kind of cool too because the Mavs and the Spurs play each other four times, no matter what. Yeah, the Mavs and the Knicks only play two times, so it's always kind of special whenever they play. True. Um, so I think it would be kind of neat to make it like a a thing. Okay. It would just be a thing. But in five years, they might not be rivals anymore. In two years, they might not be rivals anymore. Like if yeah. Jalen gets whatever, then, you know. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see, like, who the players say. Because, like you said, like, fan bases might not like each other and they consider it rivals. But, like, who does Luca think, like, his mm. number one rival is? Should like, they get to he, pick their opponents for rivalry week? I think they should. Be cool. that, that would be cool. Because, I mean, they would definitely get up for that game, like, even more if they, like, like we – we're calling you out. We're coming for you. Luke yeah. is like Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of bad blood in Charlotte. I mean, the, well, the Hornets have beaten down the Mavs pretty good. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they had Dennis, <laughs> like last year, they embarrassed Mavs last year. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. rivals. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. I I was gonna say the Spurs. D- yeah. Just because they're close in proximity. It's an easy, like, the history of the teams. But, yeah, I don't think Luke or any of these players have, like, bad blood or hatred towards any of those players. So it's kind of hard for them to, like, view it as a rivalry game, I would say. It doesn't even really feel like there's a lot of tension between the Mavs and the Clippers anymore. Like, certainly, I think Mavs fans get extra hype when the Clippers come to town, Mm. and that's fun, you know. But, like, it feels like Luka and Kawhi, Luka, Paul, George, like, certainly those guys with Kyrie, like, there's a lot of mutual respect there. Yeah. And there's not many techs in those games anymore, whereas a couple years ago, there were. There's Yeah. I mean, really. Fans, man, I guess, they still kind of go up. But you look across the league, there's not too many of those matchups anymore of – or like right now that, I mean, I guess Bucks and Pacers just this year a little bit, but to where it's like instant. Like if you know right now, Mavs Suns playoff series, we could set some over. Well, no man, we can't. But uh, we can make some we guesses. Can't do that. We can make some <laughs> guesses on the amount of text that would be in that series. Yeah. So the Mavericks play the Hawks tonight. What are you guys most looking forward to in Luca versus Trey that are forever? linked together they're forever tied together how do we get a wrench and just like unlink them yeah uh or like a like a like a welding thing to just burn that sledgehammer or something yeah just get it out of here (laughs) uh well first off hopefully trey plays he's been in concussion protocol missed the last two games but he's listed as questionable tonight so hopefully he is able to go uh for the hawk's sake obviously you know whatever uh if he does play I'm really watching how the Mavs will defend him because he's had some pretty big assist games against them um, over the last couple of years. I remember last season the Hawks came into Dallas. I think Trey had like 17 assists or something. Just uh, really, really you know, got it going in the pick and roll with John Collins at the time still in the Hawks and Capella, Okongwu, all of them. If the Mavs pay a lot of attention to Trey um, and force the ball out of his hands, then it's can they make shots. 
And then also DeJounte Murray, my God, that dude has torched the Mavs for a few years now. So if you pay all this attention to trade, then DeJounte can attack the gaps all around the defense. So they're a really tough team to guard. Um, and, you know, if trade doesn't play, it kind of shifts the dynamics a little bit. But if he does play, then there, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Mavs defense, especially to get back and all the stuff that we've already talked about today. So, you know, even though the Hawks record is, is not very good, their offense can still get going if you if you let it. Yeah, and right now, uh, you know, at the time of recording this, we don't know anything about Kyrie, uh, or at least I don't. Um, as well, he's far a as basketball it, player. <laughs> well, <laughs> as far as his status for the game oh, playing, okay. um, you know, Josh would obviously take probably the Trey Young assignment and being the point of attack defender in that. But, yeah, I mean, DeJounte's been playing some good ball too. I mean, shooting almost 40% from three. Um, and that's, you know, sometimes been a knock on his offensive game is his outside shot and – you know, obviously there's a lot of talk and stuff around the Hawks right now with trade deadline in the next couple of weeks. So it's always fascinating when you see a team that has so much stuff being said about them in the national media uh, for rumors and stuff, just how they stay together, how they play. So we'll see. Mavs are in Atlanta. Obviously last night Luca was on uh, TNT and stuff with those guys, and uh, which was, you know, fun segment. I tweeted this out during that. What a just a reminder though, when you see Luca next to Charles Barkley, and you're like, "All right, yes, it makes sense on paper how much taller you are than him, but in my mind, you're not supposed to be that much like bigger than him." Of just like as a kid, Barkley was you know just a big four, you know, just like a bigger like a even I know he was shorter, but like still just like I don't know in my mind and seeing them next to each other, I'm like. This is just messed up that Luke is a point guard in today's game at that size. It's like Yao standing next to Dirk. Like they kind of played the same position almost. I know. <laughs> like it's just it was weird. But it was fun. Luca it looked like he had a lot of fun with it. And uh anytime you can see happy Luca, it's always fun. I know, I was gonna say, I was gonna ask you what stood out from that. I only saw one clip from him and he was just talking about how being an all star from a little kid, like he always wanted to watch the games and his parents like wouldn't even let him because it was the time difference and he had school or whatever. So that was cool to hear him just talk about like we kind of take it for granted now. Like you said, he's been in the league six times, six years, and he's been at the All-Star game for five of those years. So we expect it, but it's cool for um, when you think about it, what he's been able to accomplish like coming over and the way he's impacted the NBA already so quickly. But yeah, yeah, him talking about changing diapers was I'm fun. I didn't hear that. I wonder what they were asking about being a new dad. Oh, and, okay. Um, no, he's just he's <laughs> just like, talking about it. Yeah. Like what? So yeah, I got some diapers to change later on. <laughs> I I just want I wonder what his I just I'm I would love to just sit down with him and talk fatherhood for twenty yeah. minutes. What his what he's like enjoying about it? What? How many diapers are you really changing, Luca? I'd like to know that. Wow, call him and, out. Jeez. How efficient? Knowing him, he's like he has it like time where he's like really efficient about it. Or yeah, I feel like he's competitive, so you like make it a competition. Like, yeah. I'll get, I'll do it faster than you, or whatever. Yeah, he has a little timer. Yeah, he's doing it during timeouts of Real Madrid games. Like <laughs> he's not, he's not missing the action. No, does he get to double figures in this All Star game? He scored eight three times and four once. Is he is is yes. this year going to be the year where he gets to ten? I think so. I'll I'll go with yes. Yes, I guess. It's really hard on He's this. Not convinced. No, it's really hard because you know this. It's just a fun time for Luke. Luca's approach, really, to ever for everybody. But Luca's approach is just sky here and just smile and have fun and and all of that. So it's really hard to make any predictions for All Star game for him. But what you know, it's him, KD, LeBron, Jokic, and SGA beat out Steph Curry for that 
other guard spot too. Yeah. That was like his first time in how however many years that Steph isn't a starter when he's been healthy, which is yeah, it's pretty crazy. Crazy. So Luca's for sure starting mm-hmm. in the All Star game. We'll see him tonight in action. Um, anything else that y'all? Any other gossip tea that you want to talk about around the league? Yeah, I mean a couple coaching changes. Yeah. Um, you know we don't really know the full story with either of them, so like speculation ain't my game. But Adrian Griffin no longer being the coach in uh, Milwaukee, uh, replaced with Doc Rivers, a guy who obviously has a wealth of experience coaching super duper high level players. Um over the course of many years, including recently with Philly and before that with the Clippers. Um, and then Wes Unseld in Washington. Now, we Wes Unseld Jr., of course. Now, we don't see many coaching changes uh, midseason for teams that have kind of the, the record that Washington does. They're obviously in the midst of a rebuild, but uh, he's been reassigned to a front office role, and they have an interim. They're going to launch a search this summer, and that'll be really interesting because – it is shaping up to be like Washington is like in this for the long haul mm-hmm. um, that they're not trying to maybe win the championship next year. So I'll be really curious if they go with like a super young coach, the way that Utah did with Will Hardy, who in my opinion has become one of the better offensive coaches in the NBA. And yeah. all of a sudden Utah's so really good, despite maybe not having like the, the kind of personnel you would expect of a playoff contender. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's two really surprising moves for me and I'm, I'm curious to see how it, how it shakes out. Do you think Doc Rivers is the guy? That can get more. I mean, they're, I think, second in standings right now in the East. Do you think he's a guy that can get more out of them? They got to figure something out with their defense. You know, really good offensive team. But when you want to go as far as that they're you know trying to go, you got to play better defense. And Doc Rivers has a history of stars in the league and coaching, you know, superstars. And they, they have two of those uh, in Milwaukee. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff with that change. So, they obviously feel that that's the best for them, and we'll see how it turns out. You know, I, th- I think the biggest thing, biggest thing around the league right now is just trade deadline coming up. Yeah. We're all we're all watching and reading about it. Um, how does it? What teams go all in? We've already seen trades. See Miami make the Terry Rozier trade. Um, the East feels like they're making moves. Milwaukee's coaching change is kind of like their move. Miami made the trade. New York made the trade. Uh, Indiana made the trade. So the East has really been action heavy. Uh, with some changes, will the West follow suit? Is the West next in this? And uh, what teams trying to make some moves with there? And you know, right now, Dallas is eighth in the standings before this Knicks game. You know, you're looking at that group. A lot of times you look at the groups there in the middle of those of the conferences of the playoff picture. And, you know, can the Suns pull off something? Pelicans, Kings, Mavs, Lakers. Like all of these teams right now are in, you know, in, in these rumors around the league. And, you know, we're like a lot of the listeners. We're all reading the stuff, too, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and between now and the trade deadline, the Mavs have eight games. Only uh, one of them? Oh, no, two of them are against Western Conference teams. So, you know, the one tomorrow against the Kings, like super, super standings implication stuff. Yeah. The other one is against the Wolves, who's the number one seed in the West right now, or number two or whatever it is. It's changing all the time. How many times are we going to play these guys? Yeah, <laughs> like we played the Wolves a lot, fifteen times this year. Yeah, but it's a it's a lot of games against Eastern Conference teams, and so you know there might not be standings implications on a night to night basis, but these are some really tough games that they have coming up. So uh, the pressure is the pressure is mounting. You know, you're trying to get into the top six. You're trying to figure out what you got before the deadline. Um, you know, we'll see how they do. So they play back to back tomorrow night against the Kings. Then Monday they play at home. I promise you guys, I will be there. 
I will come find you. Okay. Mm. We'll hang out in the press box. It'll be fun. I promise. Is that the I'll best time watching the magic? Yes. I'll believe it. I, I love watching the magic. So. Yeah. Dude, Paolo okay, Franz is a tough team. Mosley's tough back team. in town. Yep. Um, yeah, Kings. I watched Kings Warriors last night, too. HB, man. I know. I was so excited. Yeah. I was hyped. Love Harrison Barnes. One of my favorite guys in the whole league. And uh, put up 39 career high. And I love the question after the game, too. They're like, man, it, you know, um, I forgot his name. But anyway, he asked Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Stop oh, it. Okay. He asked Barnes uh, about sticking it to his former team, whatever. I'm like, dude, this is like 10 years ago. Like, he's been on like three <laughs> teams since. Like, what, what are we, what it's are we literally, doing? It's here? almost been 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but now Kings, yeah, Kings a good basketball team. So Mavs are going to have their hands full on the second night of a back to back. Yeah, they play fast and back at home, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. playing in Atlanta then tomorrow night. Yeah, fortunately tonight six p.m. Central Time tip off, and tomorrow night eight p.m. Central Time tip off. So it's you have a full, really more than twenty four hours in between games, which is nice. Some of these back to backs have been like eight thirty, six thirty. You're like, this is just absurd. You know. So we need the Mavs to get back in their winning ways. We need the earthquakes to keep score and let us know if they actually won a game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And then, um, yeah, we'll we'll be together for the game on Monday, and then we'll be back here again next week to do it all again. Great job today, Austin. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like, Good um, job. you know, this is a really random question, but are y'all the type of people that, like, use maps when you're driving somewhere? <laughs> Usually no. Like, if you know where you're going, um, you know? Oh, never. You use maps when you know where you're going? Like, yeah, you you know, like, coming here, or like, wherever, like, somewhere you're familiar with. Why would you use maps if you exactly, know where you're going? Exactly. But in the past 24 hours, I feel like my life has just been chaotic, and I've been burned because twice I haven't, like, plugged in where I'm going, and it's, like, added big delays, and then I just feel like I've been uh, behind. Okay. Like, coming back from Houston, I didn't type it, and I'm like, I'm just straight off, straight up north on the interstate, and it was like an hour extra that mm. like there was like a completely had to exit, like go into the small town, whatever. You went to Bucky's. And no, it was or, there was this town we had to go there did not have a Bucky's. I think Bucky's. if you're going to be doing significant miles on the highway, I think punching it in ahead of time just like to know. Like, for example, when I go to Louisville, I know exactly where <laughs> I'm going. But there's two ways to go that are both around the same number of miles and the same number of minutes. Yeah. But sometimes there's a wreck. I know. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's a big time on the road. I mean, it's yeah, it's like 30, 30 minutes on a good day, you know, and it could be yeah. an hour or more if there's traffic. So I think that you I fill think up something. You fill up before you make that car run. <laughs> I mean, it's usually the you only time snack, I drive. Like road, yeah. road snacks. I filled up the other day for the first time since like well before Christmas. What? Since, yeah. Since the trailer could train. Yeah, forever linked with my Honda Civic. (laughs) Did you have to drive to get dinner last night? You said you like. I did drive to get dinner last night. Yeah, I drive to get dinner most nights. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, you're acting like you wanted a Chipotle or something, and that wasn't an option. It wasn't an option because the stars played. Stars don't play tonight, though. No. Mavs play tonight, so. So y'all can expect to see me, (laughs) Victory Park location. (laughs) I'll be there. I'll it's probably meet, be there. A meet and greet. Yeah, I'll be there in like 15 minutes. Who, who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of The Corner 3. For Isaac and Bobby, I'm Austin Ivan, and we'll see you right back here next week.